Welcome to the Business of Purpose, the podcast for social entrepreneurs, people who know deep down they're meant to create something that makes the world a better place and who want to make a bigger impact based on their purpose. I'm your host, Adina Applebaum. I am an immigration attorney, social entrepreneurship coach, and financial coach. I'm here to help you uncover your deeper purpose and create a greater impact with your life's work, all in a sustainable way that makes money in the process, because we need massive resources to make massive change. In this show, you'll be inspired by stories of purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are creating social change and get the practical steps you need to learn how to make a living while making an impact. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Business of Purpose podcast. This is your host, Adina. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Today I want to speak about really what ultimately, when I look back on everything in my life, um, has been the number one strategy for success that I have used and that I have helped a lot of my students I work with on their finances and business business development um, use to really create what they want, to meet their goals, to move forward these impossible dreams into reality um, and, and have success, whether it's with their personal goals, um, with their home life, with their relationships, with their finances, with their business, with discovering their purpose, whatever it is, it's this, it's this idea of how do you expand? It all comes back to that. With all of these different as- aspects of our lives, we're ultimately all trying to expand, to become the people we're meant to be, to live the fullest lives we can, to have the most rich life experiences um, that we can in our human experience, to reach our goals and desires and ambitions, to build wealth, to create uh, things out of nothing, create um, businesses and, and institutions and organizations and projects that help in other people and change the world. All of this is about expansion. Um, including our our own mindsets which is really the often the biggest part of all of all of that of how to do all that is your mindset so this is an episode on mindset and a lot of you who I've worked with before on your finances or your businesses know that I always say 99% of finance and business is your mindset because there's the strategy but then there's the mindset and the strategy you, often you think at first when you begin these journeys is the hardest part, um, is what you need to focus on. And it it is important. Like you can't get anywhere with just mindset. You have to combine the strategy and mindset. But at a certain point, you can do the best strategies in the world and not see results if your mindset is not expanding as well and growing with you and um, coming together in unison with the strategy to move forward your goals. So I love talking about mindset stuff. And for anyone who's like, what does that mean mindset? It's basically um, how you change your thoughts, how you change your beliefs and the way you look at the world and the way you look at yourself and what's possible for yourself and what's possible for what you can create and build. Um, How you change your thoughts around that because often our thoughts and our mindset are 
the main things holding us back. Of course, there are structural barriers, there are inequalities, there are injustices. I know very well, right? I've been um, practicing as an immigration lawyer for a long time. I deal with people who who are facing severe injustices and limitations in the legal system. So I know, but even with individuals in that situation, um, there's so much that can be done through mindset that can be life-changing in terms of finances and business, right? There's nothing that immigrants can't do when it comes to finances and business, regardless of their immigration status. And for non-immigrants, for, for U.S. citizens, it's the same thing, right? There's nothing you can't do, right? It's all um, ultimately mindset and our beliefs what hold us back from building the lives we want to have. If you have the desire for something, if you have a dream for something, if you um, have an ambition, there's a reason for that. It's, it, it's not for nothing. You wouldn't have had that desire, that vision in the first place if it wasn't possible, right? It exists somewhere in some reality, in some dimension, it is real. And that's how you're able to see it. And that's how you're able to believe that it could be for you potentially, even if you don't really believe it. And so it is real, it is possible. And we have to often do the mindset work to get there. So here's my number one strategy for you in general and all of these things and what I just described. And it's vision. Vision is has has been for me life changing to develop. Um, I'm very fortunate. I actually at a very young age had this drilled into me because my father is an eye doctor, and he actually was kind of like a alternative type of eye doctor in the sense that he focused on something a lot of eye doctors at the time were not focusing on, and still to this day are not, which is not just eyesight you know, your ability to see the board or the book in front of you, but also your vision, right? So that includes like what you can imagine visually when your eyes are closed, how your eyes work together, right? Um, how it integrates with your balance, like all of these things. That's a, that's a whole nother story. But he would always say to me, because I actually have really bad eyesight. I have terrible eyesight. I cannot see a foot in front of me without my contacts or glasses on. And I've had bad eyesight since a very young age. I got uh, I got contacts in the fourth grade, believe it or not. But he would always say to me, you have incredible vision, right? Even if I didn't have good eyesight. And he would encourage me to develop my vision and to focus on visualizing what I wanted and what my goals were and be able to see them, even if they weren't in the moment real in reality, um, be able to see what that could be. And so since then, I've had multiple pivotal moments in my life where there has been a huge, big dream and I've been able to work on visualizing it through the advice of, of my dad, who always encourages me um, and have, have been able to manifest it into reality, right? And again, as I talked about in the beginning, it, it requires a strategy too. You have to do the hard work. You have to show up. You have to put in the effort. Like it's not just, you You know, I'm not saying you just see something or visualize it and then it happens. It's that combination, but I'm bringing attention to the visualization part because without that, it is more difficult to move forward our goals. So um, I'll just tell, you know, 
a couple stories that come to mind to give you examples of this. So um, one big one was law school. So I, at the time, um, I had just come back from living in Egypt doing refugee legal aid work. And I really wanted to be able to do that work and advocate for, for refugees in the U.S. because I thought that maybe in the U.S. the judges would listen to what I had to say and it could make a difference. And I had seen in Egypt that there was no way really to even do that, right? Um, everything was actually through the United Nations because the government wouldn't hear cases for refugees. Um, and so I thought, okay, if I can just find a way to have the require the credentials I needed to go to court, then I could fight for people's rights. And so that's what led me to wanting to become a lawyer. I really did not want to be a lawyer before that. That's a long story. But anyway, um, I got really clear on that being my next step. And I'll be honest with you, I had a terrible LSAT score. So the LSAT is the exam you have to take to apply to law school in the U.S., um, the first time I had took the LSAT, I failed it. I mean, I took it when I was living in Egypt during the revolution. There were a lot of other things I was focused on than the LSAT. I totally bombed it. So I had to take it again when I came back to the U.S., but I still didn't have a great score. I had a decent score, and I knew that I was not going to be able to get into Georgetown Law, which is where I really wanted to go. And I was super focused. I wanted to go to Georgetown Law because I knew I wanted to live in D.C. I'm from the D.C. area. I wanted to be near my family during law school and they, they have an incredible, um, asylum law program and, you know, one of the best in the country. And I just had my heart set on, I wanted to go to Georgetown law and on paper and in reality, everything was telling me that could never, ever happen because my, my LSAT and my grades were not at the caliber you need to get into Georgetown law. Right. Um, but I just kept visualizing it and, just got so focused on it. I did everything I could to make it happen. And I can't believe it at the time. Um, I was so focused and driven that this needed to happen that I actually only applied to Georgetown Law. I didn't apply to any other law schools because I was like, I was all in. I was like, you know what? If this doesn't work out, I'm not going to law school. I don't know. I, I can't believe it to be honest now that I had that attitude. Um, I was actually, you know, also already studying at Georgetown in a master's program. So it also made sense financially to do a joint program instead of starting over at a new school because some of my credits would apply. So that was another reason. But I just, I just said, I'm applying early decision. I'm not playing anywhere else. And I remember the moment putting my application in the mailbox and I just could see it. I could see it happening and I had my mindset on it, Right. And so this is an example. And like, I was very fortunate it worked out. And again, by all reasons, it shouldn't have because I didn't have the credentials, right? I emphasize other things I had to offer through my public interest work and advocacy and you know, the work I've been doing already with refugees and um, my passion and my mission. And so I, I lead heavily into that. But this was an example of how my vision was really powerful, right? I couldn't control my not having the best LSAT score, right? But I controlled and, and worked on with the strategy side of things, all the other things I could do. I I got the best recommendations I could. I put the best essay forward I could, right? I, I did all the things, right? Um, 
I learned everything I could about the school to, you know, really show I wanted it in my application. But it was that vision ultimately that I believe carried that through and and had that dream become reality. And I've repeated that throughout my life, that that kind of um, just fierce determination and vision of being able to see what I wanted and what um, I desired and what was my next step and doing the strategy work with the mindset work and visualizing it, be able to see in detail what it would look like, right? So when I talk about visualistic into that, it's not just like, okay, I can imagine that for a second or um, I could, you know, see an image of that for a moment. When you visualize something to, to assist with the manifesting process and for something where you want to expand, that's part of your purpose, that's part of your calling that feels inevitable, you have to really see it in detail. So you have to give yourself time almost daily. Like, for example, when you're meditating to allow the movie to play out in your mind. What does it look like for you to be experiencing that if this were to come true? Um, how would you feel, right? What would be the emotions around that? What, what you know, who, what people would you be surrounded by? Like, what type of food would you be eating in that environment? How would your daily life look? Um, the emotions in particular are really powerful because when you start to step into the emotions of something you're visualizing, and trying to manifest, it starts to kind of collapse the time because you're bringing in that future vision into the now and how you're actually feeling now. And you're actually feeling the emotions of that in this moment. It's very powerful energetically. So I wanted to walk people through how that kind of works practically and emphasize the emotion is a big part of the, visual, the visualization process. Um, so yeah, I've, I've done that with various things from you know, pursuing um, a legal fellowship I really wanted to do after law school to start doing innovative um, legal work that would advance immigrants' rights and um, trying to get the funding to support that work and that project. I've done it with, um, you know, being able to be with my husband and have our lives work out despite all the odds against us, being from different countries, Um immigration challenges, financial challenges, cultural challenges, all of that with having um, my daughter, right? With getting um, our, our home, right? When all of the reality and numbers did not make sense for us to be able to buy our current home, but I kept visualizing it and finding a way and I wouldn't give up until I found a way for us to, to, to build a life and go in the direction that we wanted. I've done it with building um, immigrant finance, right? And being able to create something where I could help people and change their lives in this area of finances and immigration. And the list goes on. So I would really encourage you, if there's something you're dreaming of that you desire, that you keep telling yourself is impossible, right? To just remind yourself again, that if you can see it, if you can see it, feel it, if you can, you know, experience the desire for that it's for a reason and it would you wouldn't be feeling it if it wasn't possible or real in some other reality it's real it's just about collapsing that time bridging that gap to bring it into this reality and visualizing is this incredible way to start doing that and personally when I am um 
you know, working toward a, a goal of mine, I will actually incorporate that in my man in my um, meditation practice, right? So here's a kind of practical takeaway how you could start doing this, where not every day, right? I don't have a chance to meditate every day. I've got I've got a toddler, right? And life is crazy. But when I can, and I, when I remember to in my meditation to give myself some time to literally see and feel what it would be like for that to happen and just give myself myself the space to visualize it. And it's been incredible how quickly things can happen that you would think would take years and years to happen when you do that. So try that out today, this strategy. Um, let me know how it feels, how it's working for you. If you feel like you're making quicker progress than you expected or if you would like any further guidance on how to kind of implement some of this mindset expansion work in your own practice, I love helping my coaching clients with this. Always happy to support others. So um, reach out to me. The best way is on Instagram, on my personal account, Adina Applebaum. I will link it in the show notes. Love to hear from you and hear what you think about this episode and your strategy um, for implementing it. So as always, thank you for taking the time to listen. I'll see you soon in the next episode. Bye for now.